You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Sue Nettleton is filling in today for Chris Minogue. Sue is a midwife and mothercraft nurse from right from the start. She was trained at Tresillion. Uh, most parents have actually heard of Tresillion. It's what we um, refer to as sleep school in my circles. But um, basically, if you have a question for Sue, it could be about settling, breast or bottle feeding, behavioral challenges like food throwing or uh, tantrums, Sue is the lady to ask. The number is 1-800-KIDS-RADIO or you can text us on 0437-665-200. Hi, Sue. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. Well, thank you. Let's start with a couple of text messages. The first one comes from Susie. She says, I'm looking for some advice about how to move my almost nine-month-old son into my nearly three-year-old daughter's bedroom. My daughter sleeps through the night, no worries, but my son... um, keeps waking about three times per night on average. Should I wait until he is sleeping through? Hi, Susie. Um, look, it's up to you whether you're actually headspace ready to do this. If he's waking <laughs> up three times a night, how long is he actually taking to get to sleep? Is he easy? Do you have to do very much? Does he just roll over and go back by himself or do you need to go back into the room? So it really just depends on whether you're actually ready at this stage to do it. Because your daughter does sleep through the night, you'll probably be fine and she will probably just roll over herself and go back to sleep. Um, it depends on whether the nine-month-old, he's just going through that little bit of separation anxiety stage at this stage so you might find that waiting a little bit longer until he's a little bit calmer might be the best thing to do but I know that toddlers do quite they're quite good at sort of turning around to their baby brothers and saying hey go back to sleep and the, t- oh, wow. the nine month old will go back to sleep so wouldn't that be amazing yeah, so that Susie, might work I reckon you should try that out and let us know if it works <laughs> just say to your daughter hey uh, mummy needs some help that's right when you when, when you, your little one was it brother well yeah when when he wakes up Maybe Can you ask him to go back to sleep. Pat. Say, give him a pat and say, go back to sleep. Sometimes you might find her inside the cot patting him, but that's all right. You're not needed. Then that might be oh okay. Oh, my God, isn't that amazing? Mm. I find it interesting what you say about the nine-month separation anxiety because mm. that is typical, typically is. a time it happens. It is. It's, so it's a stage where putting them to bed, they're otherwise okay, but they wake up and mum is or my primary caregiver's not there. So they get a little bit frightened. So they can yell out. They're not always needing us a lot, but they just might need that little bit of reassurance to say, you're okay, it's just time to go back to sleep again um, and and then they'll be they'll fine. Be fine. So maybe if Susie waits a couple of months, he might be through that and it might be easier well, to Well, he settle. might feel a bit more secure and then feel that he'll be able to settle a little bit easier and feel not so frightened about being in that room. All right, Susie, well, good luck. And I guess, sorry, the other thing is, I guess, when there's another body in there as well, after they've gone through the separation anxiety, being in a room with their sister might be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean. Seeing his sister there might be enough for him to wake up and say, oh, someone's here, and then he might just go back off to sleep again. So mm. it's it's totally up to you, Susie. So hopefully that might help a little bit for you to make those decisions. Absolutely. Okay, our next question from the text line comes from Michelle. Um, apparently, Michelle was in touch with Chris a while back in about May this year, um, their their son, I think, was moving into a big bed. Um, he was having some teeth grinding problems. Now, they finally got rid of the dummy eight days ago. Well done, Michelle. I know, that's a big thing, isn't it's it? Thing. It's very hard. Um, so now our almost three-year-old is really, really hard to get to settle to bed of an evening. 
He comes home from daycare at 1.30 and we try and get him to nap for 20 to 45 minutes. He usually wants to sleep longer, but if they let him by 8 o'clock, he's really hard to keep in bed. He'll get up when he hears the garage door and dad coming home or he'll stay up and cry and scream until we go to bed and let him in our bed around 10, 10.30. Ah, any tips would be great. Okay, Michelle. Well, well done for getting rid of the dummy. Um, This is an age group where a lot of toddlers are trying to get rid of their afternoon sleeps and what we find is that because they are having even 20 to 45 minutes they are going to bed later once again it's about working out whether he needs that 20 to 40 minute sleep which obviously it sounds you sound like you do need it or he needs it and you probably need it as yeah. well <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's about doing a routine which you may be doing but I can't see that and you may have spoken with Chris about this before but having that routine in the evening no television from sort of four o'clock onwards is a really good thing and lots of quiet play gentle play because he's been at daycare he wants to see his mum so it's spending time with him um, before he goes to bed reading stories having a bath we may I've already had dinner beforehand at sort of five o'clock when he's a bit hungry. Um, but limiting that afternoon sleep, I think, is important. He needs to really be up by sort of two thirty, three o'clock at the latest to be back into bed by 7 if that was your bedtime. It is very typical of this age group with their growth and development to be actually wanting to get in and out of bed. It's why would I be sitting out in there when mum and dad are out in the lounge room. So it would be about just putting in the boundaries. Boundaries of a three-year-old are really important and just setting those boundaries. So it might be actually sitting with him until he's calm in bed after you've read a story instead of just walking out and disappearing, Um, encouraging him if he's walking out to say to him, why don't you go and jump back into bed and when you're there, I will come back and say goodnight. So maybe changing up a few things that you would normally do so you're not getting the ranting and raving or letting him lay there for 20 minutes if he's not tired with a nightlight on and read a story in his room and you have a little timer next to him and a little clock to say, well, mummy's going to come back in and the lights are going to go out at this time. So Three-year-olds are tough, I've got to say, because um, we we've, we've had the same issue with my son and he turned three in May mm. and we're still trying to work out how to... Um, he gets tired and he will fall asleep on the lounge at four Mm o'clock if he doesn't have a sleep. But then even a 20-minute nap for him, he'll be up till partying till like nine o'clock. It's incredible. It's such a tough time. It's a really tough time. And they're becoming very independent, very much very different to the two-year-old who you can coax them and, and distract them. The three-year-old have got more of those, oh my Lord. I'm it and this is about me and, and I'm going to tell you what to do. If you say black, I'm going to say white. So, um, but they still <laughs> But they still need our guidance. So I think it's where the boundaries really come into play and you've got to really stick to them and, and, and sort of say, well, this is what needs to be done and this is how I'm going to do it and follow it through. Yeah, because I did try. So one of the things with my son, who's three and a bit now, for a long time, my husband was playing him the iPad right before he went to sleep. And I just, I got to the point where I said, no, like I, I said no before. And now it's happening. No, 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 no. We've got to mm. stop it. We're just going to go cold turkey. And he, he struggled. My son struggled with that. Mm. And then he was okay with it. And then he did it one night on the weekend because he we thought it'd be fine. And then last He's night, he was again. back. He was crying. He mm-hmm. wouldn't settle. Um, and the funniest thing was I, I said to him, I tried to explain why. Mm-hmm. And he, he stopped crying long enough to listen to me. And yes. I said, the blue light's not good for you. and yep. It's not good for your brain. And then he went, watch TV now. <laughs> 
<laughs> so although it was, I felt like I was reasoning yeah. with but him. But you were to an extent, and that's mm. important. You, at least you got him to stop crying. And I think get them to listen to Kindling Radio. That's true. We can get Soothing them. music. <laughs> Which is it something is true. we do. Or stories on the earphones. So they feel mm. like they've got stories. They feel like they're doing something special. But maybe it's a story they listen to and, and it's distracting them. And it's maybe keeping them in bed. But sometimes they need that security as well. If they've been at daycare of mum's been at work all day. They want their mums. And so that's why they're sort of playing up a little bit as well. But mm. it's about sometimes sitting. But you've got to put your boundaries on that too because you don't want to be sitting there all night as well. Yeah, that's so. true. And into bed with you at night time, Michelle, it's totally up to you. But if you don't want him to go to bed with you, then it's putting those boundaries on and taking him back. I know you're tired and that's why we tend to do those sort of things. But if you don't mind him being back in bed with you, then it's that's up to you. You're listening to Kindling Helpline today with our special guest, Sue Nettleton, filling in for Chris Minogue. Sue is from right from the start. She's a midwife and mothercraft nurse with over 20 years' experience. Her and Chris have known each other for many years, and she's very kindly stepped in while Chris is away. So if you'd like to give us a call, the number now is 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. That's 1-800-543-772. Or you can text us on 0437-665-200. Now we'll go to some Facebook questions that we we weren't able to answer next, last week, if that's all right. This one comes from Naira, Naira I think. Um, Hi, my baby girl turned six months yesterday and she's pretty much ready for solids. How much should I give her if I'm introducing her to solids? How many times per day? Is it okay to give her pouches and meat? What about finger food? I'm so lost. Hi, Naira. Um, Look, now that she's six months old, she can start with her solids and she can have any food. So mostly when we start solids anywhere between four and six months, we would start off with, you know, something quite bland like your rice cereals and your your vegetables and your fruits. Um, Because you're only just starting now, you might find once a day is enough and she might eat one teaspoon to a tablespoon at a time. She might spit a lot of it out and that's to be expected. So she's not going to swallow it down straight away. She'll play with it. She'll want to put her hands in it. Um, And then over the course of the next couple of weeks, you will gradually increase her. So once she's taking it nicely once a day, um, one one teaspoon to a tablespoon, then you might start increasing it to twice a day. So you might do one in the morning um, for the first week or two and then the second to third week you might do twice a day. So you might do in the morning and then you might do it around about five o'clock. That seems to be when most babies are a little bit narky, about five o'clock in the afternoon where they don't want that afternoon sleep anymore. Um, So you can give them a bit of solids and they'll play with it a little bit and and then spit it back out again. But you're looking at one teaspoon to a tablespoon of food. She can have meats, she can have dairy, she can have um, fruits, vegetables now that she's six months old. What are your thoughts on pouches? Mm, um, if you, you can, can make be your honest, <laughs> be honest, Sue. If, if you can make your own foods, that's fantastic. I totally understand that a lot of you can't if you're busy. The pouches are fine. Just look at what the different what ingredients are in the pouches. Sometimes maybe mixing some of your own, own food with the pouches. Um, one of the biggest things about pouches is not letting them suck from the pouches because it's the growth. The whole idea of solids is learning how to eat and chew. And if you give them a pouch to suck on, they're still sucking. So that would be the only thing. I'm saying about the pouches is pop it on a spoon and allow your baby to learn how to eat from a spoon. Okay. Well, Michelle has just texted to say thank you for all that advice. So good luck, Michelle. I hope it works. Good luck. Um, Another question from Ellen is tips on how to stop my two and four month old son from breastfeeding. I got very confused there. I thought she had a two month old, two year old and a four month old and she's breastfeeding both. 
Yes, I'm assuming from that question you're breastfeeding a two-year-old and, and a four-month-old. Four right. Um, hi, Ellen. Yes, um, okay. Are you wanting to totally wean both of them? So, and how often are they actually feeding? Um, with the two-year-old, the two-year-old's not needing the breast milk anymore. I'm assuming you're two-year-olds eating well, so they should be getting most of their nutrients through the food. Um, are they using it as a comfort? Um, and they're also a little bit more understanding for you to gently slow this down. If you are doing it three or four or five times a day for your two-year-old, then maybe just gently cut down to maybe once or twice a day instead of just going cold turkey. And the same with your four-month-old. It depends on whether you want to just go abrupt weaning or whether you want to do a gradual wean. So if you wanted to do a gradual wean, then you would breastfeed so many times a day and then introduce a bottle of formula because he's four months old. Um, he will need the formula or she will need the formula. Um, and you would gently get them used to the bottle and the sucking of the bottle and then you would gently decrease your feeds over the next sort of, you can take a month, you can take three months, it's totally up to you. Um, so maybe you might need to sort of email me a little bit more information and I might be able to explain a little bit more. And we will pop links up to Sue's website um, on the web on our website this afternoon so you can check out if you want to come and ask um, Sue some more questions or get her in to help you out with whatever's going on. I imagine, Ellen, you must be exhausted if you're still feeding two children. Mm. Breastfeeding can just knock you sideways, can't yeah, it? yeah. Um, this question comes from Leanna. How do I start my daughter on getting rid of her binky pacifier dummy? I don't think she's ready just yet, but my boyfriend does. She's one. She's, hold on. He thinks I'm not ready for her to grow up. He might be somewhat right. I need tips. She likes to go to sleep with it. So I'm guessing that um, Leanna's daughter doesn't say how old she is. I was is. just about to that ask Leanna how old is she. Yeah. Um. I'm assuming maybe two or three, but that's just an assumption. If she's a little bit younger and she's waking up with the dummy, then it can be gently sort of moving it away from day sleeps um, and trying to get her to bed without the dummy that way. If she's older, then usually they're more understanding. So maybe getting a little jar excuse me, that sits next to the bed. And so when she gets out of bed, she actually puts the, the dummy in the jar or the container. That's one way to slowly get rid of it. Um, and then you, Christmas is coming. And so there's other little children that might be needing that. And so she might be able to wrap it up. But if she's a two-year-old, you've got Buckley's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a three-year-old, you may be able to do that. Um, so it, But it does depend on the child and how old your child is. So when she says um, the question here, she's saying that she's not – her partner thinks she's not ready for her daughter to grow up yet um, – there's there is there are a lot of myths around dummies and the so-called damage they can do to children. Let's mm. just say she's not two and a half or three. Is there anything anything wrong developmentally with a baby or a toddler having a dummy? There's nothing wrong with it. You might a dentist might say something different about that in regards to their their suck and their teeth developing and things like that. Um, and more of it's just an understanding of going into the playground and having a dummy. Um, but that's once again. And that's an individual thing in teaching that child that this is what they do. And so that's a, that's a parental um, more education a and a social thing. Mm. So if it's because mum's not ready for the child to grow up, I'm, I'm not quite sure what that means. Is it because no, mum's mom, not ready? But the <laughs> because... baby, obviously the daughter's still got the pacifier. So the yes. baby's not ready to give it up, whatever age she yeah. is. So yeah. anyway, I'm sorry, Leanna, I'm just trying to 
back you up here. Yeah, I think if your daughter's still got a dummy in <laughs> Look, her Look, if she's happy and you're all happy, then there should be no reason why it's a problem. But because you've got the issue with your partner saying it's a problem and you're not, then you two need to get together and discuss whether mm. is it time to give this up or not. But obviously your daughter's not ready to give it up yet. So maybe if you're, if you're starting to think about it, start limiting maybe the time she has it. Maybe it only, it's only for bedtime or special occasions if that's what you want to do to gently get rid of it. Mm. Mm. You know, it's so funny what you forget. I remember mm. my kids, my son didn't wasn't into the dummy, my daughter was, but you forget how hard it is. What's well, an to, association? Mm. That's their calmness. Once once it's gone, if I can say, Leanna, once it's gone, you'll forget how hard it yes. was. Yes, it'll take you it. seven, to days, seven to ten days to get rid of it. Right, that's good to Basically. know. That's good to mm. know what it takes mm. for them to get used to it, yeah. right? And it's like on a diet, so every now and then it, you might give in and she might give in, but you just get back on the, the bandwagon again the next day. So mm. Don't be too hard on each be, other. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, Rebecca has a question. Settling a baby through seat. Sleep cycles during the day, we can't get past about 30 to 40 minutes. That's a catnapping, isn't it? It is a catnapper. How old, Rebecca? Um, But 30 to 40 minute cycles, yes. When it comes to the 30 minute cycles, what you're actually looking at is how long the baby's being awake for. So usually you find that the baby is not either awake long enough, um, they're showing you tired signs, so you get frightened that someone's told you if you don't get your baby into bed quickly, they'll get overtired and then it'll be more difficult. Um, if it is about the uptimes, then if you're, I'll just use an example of a, say, 12-week-old baby whose uptime's about an hour and a half and mum's putting bub to bed around about, you know, the hour, 20 minutes because they're showing tired signs, but then they're only sleeping for 30 to 40 minutes, that's a baby that I would gently keep awake for another 10 to 15 minutes before I start putting it to bed. Okay, so you might have to go outside and say hello to the trees and the litter box and say goodnight to the curtains and the light switch and then pop the baby to bed. Right. So, but it's usually to do with the up and down times. Baby's usually been awake too long or not long enough and that way they're usually not tired enough to stay asleep longer than the 30 to 40 minutes. So it's probably good to mention here if you want to e- email or text us because you can at conversation at kindling.com.au. Try to remember always to put in the A age of your child because um, obviously developmentally so many different things can be happening. So if you include the age, we can be, um, well, the mothercraft nurses can be well way more specific. I am by no means an expert. Um, we have a question here from Amron. How do I get rid of thumb sucking of boys who are six years? They're so used to it and I'm finding it difficult now. Amron. Um, <laughs> that's a difficult one. Mm. Um, I suppose a lot of people when they're thumb sucking will either put nail polish or a Band-Aid is the other thing or the, the special nail polish that tastes, tastes disgusting. But right? most kids get used to the taste and they just keep <laughs> sucking it or they suck it off when they don't like it and then they get, go back to it. Um, I used to find my son used to pick his nails and I used to find putting Band-Aids over them worked. Mm. So, because you can't, once they're asleep, it's a comforter. So that's what they're looking for. So you can replace that comforter, but then usually all want to get rid of that comforter as well. And it's usually giving them something to do with their hands. Yeah, right. So whether it's reading a story or using a piece of material or something like that too. Um, it could be when they're having an anxious time that they put their thumb, thumb in their mouth. It's not always just about, um, it's not always just about sleeping. Mm. So it could be just any anxious time. So looking at the times that they are anxious and maybe explaining to the mother things that they can do during that anxious time 
to help them through that that moment. It's habits, isn't it? it? Is we habit. all have habits. Mm. Mm. You're listening to Kindling Helpline on Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Sue Nettleton, who's from right from the start. She's a midwife and mothercraft nurse. She has been doing this for over 20 years, so she can answer any of your questions. Feel free to call us. The number is one eight hundred Kids Radio. That's one eight hundred five four three double seven two, or you can text us on zero four three seven double six five two hundred. Michelle's question is. Oh dear, the terrible twos. Oh, they are challenging. My two-year-old non-stop says no and cries from the time she gets up until the time she goes to bed. Everything is no and I don't like it. I'm so tired all of the time and not coping with it. My seven-year-old was never like this. Oh, Michelle. <laughs> That's tough. Two-year-olds are becoming very independent but need us more so. And so it's about looking at why she's saying no. Um, she doesn't know. She's actually learning about her emotions. So it's about you trying to get ahead of yourself before you can, which I know you can't because you're exhausted, but looking at what is actually causing her to say no. So it's about distracting her to the best of your ability. Um, so when she's going to something and you're saying no, turn yourself around and say, okay, well, I'll just pull you away and distract you with something else. She'll rant and rave a little bit, but she'll eventually get used to your distraction. But you're looking at emotions and she's trying, she's either getting frustrated with something um, or she's getting annoyed with something or she's tired. All right. So it's about sort of looking at her a little bit deeper and sort of going, why is she saying no? What is it about it? She's just saying no because it's she doesn't really know and she doesn't understand mm. is usually what they're doing. Yeah. So it's about looking at her and sort of trying to distract her to the best of your ability. If you keep saying no and getting annoyed with it, I usually walk away and I give myself time out. Yeah, okay? <laughs> giving yourself a break And is give yourself so a important. walk away. You know she's otherwise safe and she's, she's ranting and raving on the floor and carrying on and she's safe, then walk away for a couple of minutes, catch your breath, come back and then just start stri- distracting her with something else. Mm, distraction, distraction, distraction. 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 Mm. Um, we have a question from the text line from Sahela. This question is, do you have any advice for dream feeding? I'm trying to stop feeding my eight-month-old to sleep, partly because it's just too hard for me, and I'd like my hubby to be able to settle bub overnight so she's breastfeeding. Hi, Sahela. Um, are you are you just doing the one night feed? Um, so babies obviously then sleeping through. I'm assuming for the rest of the night. Mm. Developmentally, we know by eight months that most babies probably don't need feeding overnight. That they should be getting enough food and fuel during the day, both through their breast milk and through the food. So the first thing I'd be um, encouraging you to do is look at how much she's getting to eat during the day. So she should be on lots of proteins and carbohydrates and all your dairy and your fruit and vegetables by now and having three good meals a day and moving into maybe a morning tea or an afternoon tea. Food, um, breast milk is still her major food at this stage. However, the food is starting to slowly t- take over. If you look at the New South Wales Health Department, it's about 12 months, 10 to 12 months. Um, but if we gently increase the amount of fuel she's having, that will encourage you to realise that she doesn't need milk at night. Nighttime. What a lot of people do when they do dream feeds is they bring them forward. So instead of getting her up at ten o'clock at night to dream feed her, you bring her up at you get her up at nine forty-five for the next couple of nights, and and she won't be as hungry. Then you get her up at nine o'clock, and then you get up. So you you gently increase it or decreasing the time that you are actually waking her up. So eventually she's back to seven o'clock where you gave her last feed, and hopefully still sleeping through the night. The rest of the time you're actually resettling her. So if you are normally waking her up at ten o'clock at night 
night. Tonight you might wake up at 9.45 and as she wakes up after that you re- would resettle or get your partner to resettle and that way you, you're gently trying to get rid of that night feed. Good luck with that, Sahela. I've got to say that dream feed experience was revelatory for me. <laughs> it was just, I know it's hard, it's hard as, as Sahela was saying to actually get up and do it but mm. just the idea of being able to feed them so that they kept sleeping sleeping through mm. oh it's beautiful. it's beautiful it didn't work for me mine would wake up still at two o'clock in the morning so oh, i dropped the dream feed yeah that's right just <laughs> sleep through would just you? sleep through um okay so we have um another one from kay lee she says when i leave daycare after drop off in the morning i can still hear my four-year-old screams and crying oh, okay. but apparently he's fine once i'm out of sight i just need advice on how to stop letting it me affect letting it affect me so much oh, oh kay lee that I is don't so How I do you not? I think it's nice that it's affecting you. That's just mm. all part and parcel of it. So, do you know, my husband used to just so you know, Kaylee, um, <laughs> he had to start dropping our daughter off to daycare, mm. and he used to drop her off and then go sit in the car and cry. Mm. So mm. it's it is heartbreaking. I think it's heartbreaking. I I really don't know what to say to you. It it does get easier. It gets right? easier. It gets easier, and it can help but, if your daycare centre. Ours used to um, send me a text. So mm. if we had a particularly bad drop off, they would send. Mm. Uh, it was family daycare, and she was brilliant. She'd say, "Look how he's going now. Yes. He's fine. Yeah. It's all all good." Yeah, which is probably what they're doing already because you already know that he's fine once you get out yes. of there. So True. it's a hard one, sweetie. I I I think the best thing for you to do is just quickly get in the car and go and do something for yourself. Yeah, um, but and let yourself and, cry, and it's okay to cry. I, I feel that's... like crying just hearing that because <laughs> the drop offs are so hard when they're just yeah. oh. Other mothers cry because they turn around and the babies are, the children are fine. fine. (laughs) See you later, mum. Yeah. And and hopefully, um, I mean, I know we're at the end of the year, so maybe this has been happening all year for you, Kaylee, but I know that um, both my children got used to it. And, you know, they, they, in the end, um, they never particularly love being dropped off. Although my son, who used to cry when I dropped him off the other day, kind of push me through the door like get lost <laughs> mum you're in my face go away so hopefully yeah. one of two things will happen either he will get better yeah or, or it won't hurt better. you as much yeah won't hurt you as much as you know probably, he's okay yeah and also you see you just have to keep reassuring that mummy will be back in the afternoon and that's and you are yeah so that's I know mm. I don't know if we've helped but Good luck. Yeah, sorry about we, that. we feel for you. We know what that's like. Sue, thank you so much for filling in for Chris. It's been a delight to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. That's Sue Nettleton. She's a midwife and mothercraft nurse. Her company is called Right From The Start. So you can go and check out the links this afternoon when this episode will be up online and then you can get in touch with her. Actually, I should mention that Sue is based in Sydney, but I am sure she does phone consults as well. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.